This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. What a great day to be in church. You know. You know, even if you didn't come to church just to show off your new ring, you came here to, to be part of family, you know, and to start the day off right. Did you, did, did, have, you, have you made any New Year's resolutions yet? Are you, are you excited about the new year and all that? Anybody broke any New Year's resolutions yet, you know, on January the 2nd, perhaps? Uh, yesterday, we, we, me and Tara spent some time, you know, getting things in order for the year. Yeah? Anybody else do that? Getting things like... It's a great time to get things together in order. So I sat down at the computer and worked on the family budget, you know, like numbers and, and, and you know, all that stuff. It was wonderful. Uh, Tara spent like four hours in the, in the closet, cleaning the closet. You know, anybody else? So, so we're getting ready for the year. We're planning ahead. But I love how, how Courtney and Rachel encouraged us to make a plan for times of refreshing. Uh, I'm so excited about, about uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to be telling you more about that. Pastor Bill will be preaching uh, next week on that as well. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to start off the year right with, with prayer, with the Bible, with the Word of God, uh, and seeking the face of God. So it's a personal pursuit of revival. It's a corporate pursuit of revival. And I want to encourage you to make a plan for it. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today and how you can participate in it. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, open up to John, the book of John. We're going to start in John chapter 8 today. Uh, I want to talk to you about a theme that I believe is so critically important, and that is this. Truth triumphs. The title of my message today is Truth Triumphs. How many of you know that truth triumphs? That truth and the pursuit of truth is, is something that is very critical to our well-being as followers of Jesus. That we've got to be people who pursue truth. And so I want to encourage you today and invite you along on a journey to discover truth with me today. I believe that the next few weeks, the beginning of 2022, could be a transformational season in your life if you would go along a journey of discovering truth. Truth is something that, uh, to be honest, has been, has been sought after uh, and misunderstood for thousands of years. Uh, even today, as the world will talk to you about what truth is, you know, that what is your truth? You know, because everybody has their own truth. Is what the world says. Uh, but how many of you know that there really is only one truth? But, but several thousand years ago in Jesus' day, they were struggling with this concept of truth as well. But here, here are the words of Jesus. Jesus said this in, in John chapter 8, verse 31. He said, so Jesus was saying to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you that your word is truth. 
We thank you, Lord, that your word is, is, is alive in a man named Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that Jesus came to earth to die for us and that he came as a, as a man of truth. And so, Lord, today we ask, Lord, that that truth would penetrate our hearts. Even now, Holy Spirit, just, just soften our heart to receive your word today, that, that your word would follow on good soil of our heart, that it, would, that it would change our lives, that it would bear fruit and much fruit, fruit that remains in us, that we would leave here changed and transformed. God, that we wouldn't just hear a word and sing some good songs and pray some good prayers, but God, we would be changed by the power of your word. So Lord, right now we take every thought captive in our mind and we command our mind to come under submission of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that your truth will, will, will be like arrows into our mind and that it will penetrate, God, uh, areas of our life that, that need corrected. And so we say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to do, do on us today through the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. So Jesus says, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He's speaking to, uh, the, the scripture says here, people who already believed that he was the Messiah. He's speaking to those who had already made a decision to believe in him. And he's saying to them, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you go on to read uh, this chapter, you'll find that this is actually the middle of an argument. That he's actually arguing with the Jewish people because they're saying to him, well, listen, we're not slaves anymore. Like our ancestors way back, you know, in Egypt were slaves, but we're not slaves anymore. We're free. And so he's speaking to a people who didn't know that they needed freedom. He's speaking to a people who didn't know that they needed truth. They thought that they had truth because they were Jews, because they practiced sacrifices in the temple and they followed the law and they did what it is. They thought they were okay. And what I've discovered is that there are many people in the church who think that we're just okay too. That just as Jesus was speaking to the religious people of the day who didn't know they needed free, there are many people today here who, who are still bound. I believe there are many people sitting in churches all over America who are, who are followers of Jesus, who are still battling addiction, who are still battling issues of sin and, and righteousness and, and, and not allowing Holy Spirit to completely penetrate their hearts, people that are bound in certain areas of their life. We think we're okay, but the truth of the matter is is that we're not walking in the truth. And so I want to challenge us today at the beginning of the year to set a course for the pursuit of truth. Are you with me? That I believe that we can pursue truth together. And the first truth is simply this. Jesus is truth incarnate. Let's say that together. Jesus is truth incarnate. Why don't you type that in the chat? Jesus is truth incarnate. If you're watching online, Jesus is truth incarnate. What does incarnate mean? Well, it simply means in the flesh. Jesus is truth in the flesh. Jesus is truth in a person. He's a person of truth. The scripture tells us this in John chapter 1, verse 14. Listen, do you love John chapter 1? Uh, if, you ha if you're not familiar with John chapter 1, I would encourage you to just read it, meditate on it, memorize it, get it in you. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. It's, it's, it's an incredible uh, layout of the gospel of what it is in just a few verses. And verse 14 says this in John chapter 1, it says, And the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here comes Jesus on the scene. Jesus comes on the scene, and, and the scripture says he's full of grace and truth. Why is this important? Well, 
if you were a Jewish person that day, you had to follow the law. So the law of Moses was there. Do you know how much grace was in the law of Moses? None. All right. Let me, let me just fill you in. Like how much, how much grace was in the law? Nada. None. Zippo. Nil. None. Like zero. Zero. There, there wasn't any grace. It was you had to follow the law and obey the law, but the law was impossible to follow. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and it says this later on in, in the book of John. It, it, it shows that Jesus comes on the scene, and just as the law was there, as the law was under Moses, Jesus comes in, and he comes with grace, and he comes with truth. He fulfills the law, but he comes in as a man of grace and truth, equal grace, saying, listen, there's grace for the law when you don't come up to the standard, but there's still truth. How many of you know today the church needs grace and truth? Like we need to be people full of grace for those around us, but we also need to be full of truth. And it can seem like how can you walk that line between the two things? How can you be full of grace? You know, grace, grace, grace. We love people. There is no mistake that you can make. Nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You know what I mean? Like that's grace. But how can you be grace and also full of truth that there's only one way to get to God and that's through the son Jesus? How do you do that? Well, it was done perfectly in the life of Jesus. So when we look at the life of Jesus, we see here's a man who walked in grace and he walked in truth. Equal, full of grace, and yet full of truth. So if we're to pursue truth and go on to discovery of truth, we, we see it in a, in a man named Jesus. John 14, verse 6 says this. Jesus said to them, what? It's a famous verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is saying, listen, this is what, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So Jesus is a very being of truth. It's who he is. So the question is today is if you want to really discover truth and what that is, you have to find Jesus. And a little later in John, and we see this in, in, in John chapter 14, I believe, Jesus is with, I'm sorry, John 18. He's with, this is when he was arrested. So Jesus is arrested. And do you know that Jesus' arrest and his trial was all a scam? Do you realize that? I mean, if you look back at the history of the United States and the greatest like scam trials and tragedies that we've seen, the greatest mistrials of justice, they pale in comparison to what Jesus went through. Do you realize they arrested Jesus and they put him before trial at like three o'clock in the morning? Like they were trying to get this all done away with so nobody knew about it so they could get Jesus out of the way. They arrest Jesus and the Jewish people, they can't put anybody to death. So they have to have Roman authority to kill somebody. And so the religious leaders want to put Jesus to death. And so they have to bring him before the, the, the Roman leaders. But as we know, when we look at it, like Herod doesn't want anything to do with it. So he sends it to Pilate. And Pilate looks at him and he's like, I ain't find anything wrong with this guy either. So he comes in and out and he's, and he's in debate with the religious leaders. There's this awkward scenario where they bring him uh, um, to Pilate and he's going in and out of his courtyard. Because the religious people, they can't go into this, into this Gentile location. So he's coming out to meet them, and it's this awkward scenario, this trial that's at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's a sham. They're bringing up accusa accusations. They're bringing up false witness. Jesus is never allowed to defend himself. I mean, it's all a scam. And so Pilate is there, and he's frustrated, and he's like, what is going on? I can't find anything. He's going back and forth with these people. And finally, this is what he says in verse 37. Therefore, Pilate said to this, so to this and tell me, so are you a king? So you are king, he's asking? And Jesus answered. And he said, you're correctly saying that I'm king. 
For this is how I've been born, for this very reason. And for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Jesus is saying his whole entire purpose. Is he a king? Yes, he's a king, but not of this world. For I've come into the world to testify the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And so here Jesus finally admits that he's king. Now the Romans can do something about it because if he's a king, well, only Caesar's king. And now if this guy's claiming to be king, yes, they, they can do something about it. And then Pilate looks at Jesus and he makes this statement. He says this in verse 38. He says, what is truth? So Pilate is saying this. He's like, what is truth anyway? You're claiming to be truth, but what is truth? That's the very question that I think people are asking today. Like, why does truth even really matter? And you know what I've seen is that here, here's, the, here's the fact of the matter is this, is that sometimes the world's thinking can creep into the church. That there are people in the church who can really come to a place of saying, well, well, does truth really matter anyways? I mean, is it actually true, true? Is the Bible actually truth? Was Jesus actually, you know, everything he claimed to be? Listen, if you've not heard it, you're not listening because people are constantly questioning, man, what is truth anyways? Just as Pilate said, this people are asking us today, and unfortunately it's being asked in the church. And so we have to come back to the place where we recognize that, that Jesus is truth incarnate. He is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Secondly is this. Well, let me encourage you with this before I go to secondly. Jesus is truth incarnate. How is it that we can, on a practical level, how can we encounter Jesus, the truth, in a practical way? How can we get to know him more? Because my question is this. I believe that if we encountered the truth of Jesus Christ today, it would radically change our lives. Yeah, yeah. So what if you knew Jesus more in 2022 than you did in 2021? I believe your life would be radically changed. How do you encounter him? Let me give you, let me give you a pro tip. Here's a pro tip. I don't know why I'm calling it a pro tip. I'm not a pro. Here's a tip. How do we, how do we encounter Jesus, who he is? I found that if you get around people who know Jesus more than you do, it rubs off on you. You ever get around people and you're just like, man, they know something about God that I don't know. Wow. They, they've experienced God in a way that I haven't, and therefore they have something that I don't have. You got to get around some people that have experienced Jesus in a way that maybe you haven't. Do you know that that's why the body is so important? Like, it's why the gathering is so important. Why? Because you didn't just come here just so you could worship God. But guess what? You came here so you could encourage somebody next to you. I was praying for somebody at first service, somebody battling sickness. And I looked at him and I said, do you know what? Every time I see your face in church, it encourages me. Because I know there are people who, who make any excuse in the world not to come to church. But here's someone battling a terminal disease. And yet they show up to church every single Sunday full of faith worshiping the Lord with all of their heart. Right? Yeah. That, that encourages me yeah. because I haven't worshiped God through a terminal illness. But when I see somebody who's coming to church, worshiping God through a terminal illness, it does something in me that says there's something more in my relationship that I need to experience of God. Yeah. I want to know him in that way. I want to know God in a way that says he's so real to me that even when I don't feel like getting out of bed, I've got to be, get together with the body of Christ and worship Jesus. Yeah. That's why we need one another. Let me encourage you that, that in January, with our times of refreshing, it's 21 days of prayer fasting, starts January the 9th, runs through the 29th. And on Friday, January the 14th, Saturday the 15th, Sunday the 16th, 
uh, Brian Simmons is going to be with us. So he's the lead translator, the Passion Translation. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, Bill Lynn and, T- and Tara and I had a privilege of getting to know him when we were in Israel. He led our Israel trip when we were in Israel uh, back pre-COVID in January 2020. And can I tell you something? The man just loves Jesus. He has a mandate on his life to like translate the Bible in such a way that it is full of passion and love than the heart of God. And it's a wonderful thing. And can I tell you something? When you sit in one of his meetings, you will see Jesus in a different light. So if I were you, pro tip, if I were you, I would get here on January 14th, 15th, 16th, just, just to get around somebody who knows Jesus in a way that you probably don't yet know him. Because guess what? It rubs off on you. You can encounter Jesus through someone else's encounters. Did you know that? Through someone else's experience, through through someone else's understanding, through someone else's study and wisdom and knowledge, you can encounter Jesus in a new way. So it's an incredible way for you to to jump in, to participate, and to encounter Jesus in a new way. So we can counter the truth of Jesus by sitting in a church meeting. So let me encourage you. Be a part of it. Mark your calendars. 14, 15, 16. I would be here. It's going to be an incredible time. So Jesus is truth incarnate, and we need to encounter him, right? All right, number two. You ready for number two? Number two is this. The Bible is truth eternal. Let's say this together. The Bible is truth eternal. One more time. The Bible is truth eternal. So if we're on a journey to discovering truth in a greater way, we have to understand Jesus is truth incarnate. we got to discover Jesus. Secondly, do you know what we need to do? We need to discover the Bible. No, like literally, discover the Bible. Like the Bible, the eternal Bible. Do you know the Bible? The truth in the Bible is eternal. Matthew 24 says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So guess what that means? Even when the earth is gone, his word still remains. It, it, it's eternally true. It's forever true. I love, I love the, the book of Psalms. Anybody love the book of Psalms? The book of Psalms is so much fun. And, and uh, what's the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm. Good. Very good. Very good. The book of Psalms is Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. All right, some of you, that's the only thing you can remember. The longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. You can know a Jeopardy answer someday, okay? <laughs> Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. And, but do you know what I love about, about Psalm 119? It has all of these like nuggets of truth. So it has so many uh, uh, scriptures in it, but, but, but wonderful scriptures. But it's the one that says in 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Like that's Psalm 119. Like the, the author of Psalm 119, like... Love the word. I would encourage you to read the whole thing. Like, because when you get into it, it's just talking about the word of God. And guess what? This is, this is word of God, like pre-New Testament. This is pre much of the, the, the prophets and much of the Old Testament, probably. Like, this is just a lot of the law. Like, the stuff that's not fun. I mean, it's all good, right? You know, but this is like numbers in Deuteronomy. I mean, this is like the boringest parts of the Bible. You know what I mean? And yet the psalmist is saying, I love your word. It's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It, it directs and guides me, okay? So Psalm uh, 119, 160 says this. The sum of your word is truth. He was a mathematician and a psalmist. He said, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to the word. He loved the word of God. He recognized, how do I stay pure? I follow the word. Uh, 119.11, your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. These are all in Psalm 119. Like there's these incredible truthful statements about God's word being everlasting. God's word directing us and leading us. Like it's, it's all in there. It's all good. This is the word of God and this is the word of truth. But do you know that... that 
unfortunately, many people, even in the church, don't get in the word of God. So how do we discover the truth in the word of God? Let me give you a hint. You got to pick it up. Like you got to read it. You got to download the app on your phone. And you got to get a plan and do something. Like, how do you read your Bible? Like, do you, do, you, do, you, do you have a plan? Or do you just open it up and whatever it falls to, like, that's your word today, you know? Or do you, or do you, or do you make a plan to get into it and read it? You know, you know they, they do studies every year, um, uh, surveys about, about Bible engagement, about Bible participation. And, and some fascinating things come out of this. And, and one of the most encouraging things is this, is that, is that uh, a study by the American Bible Society with Barna in 2021, this year, they do the same study every year, but in 2021, here's what they found out, that there was an increase in the activity of people reading their Bible most days of the week. So four days a week or more, there was an increase. So in America, so this isn't in the church, but in America, in 2021, we saw 16% of Americans read their Bible at least four days a week, engage in their Bible at least four days a week. Like, that's incredible, right? The most amazing thing is this, is that 2020 in the pandemic year, it was, it was at 12%. So I mean, to go 4%, 4 or 12, somebody give me like, that's like, I mean, that's like 25% increase or something, right? I mean, it's significant. It's huge, a huge increase of people actually engaging in their Bible four or more days a week. Like that's significant. But there was another study that was published in 2016 that is amazing that said that, that if you read your Bible four days or more a week, it has a significant impact on your life. But if you're in it less than four days a week, it really, you really can't tell the difference between your life and somebody else's. Four days a week. That if you're in it four days a week, that it has a significant impact in your life in, in every area. But if it's less than that, they really couldn't see a difference in people's lives. So, so here's, here's, here's the question. Are you really in the word of God? Listen, this is what the study showed. It, it showed this. Think about this. Um, how, how likely are you to memorize scripture? How many of you know you need, we need to memorize scripture? Tara and I were talking yesterday. How do we incentivize our kids to, to memorize scripture? Yes, you heard me correctly. How do I bribe my children to memorize the Bible? Okay, I'm going to pay them with like Fortnite bucks and like Nintendo cash and you know what I mean? Like, like how do I, I will incentivize my kids. I will bribe my kids to get the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is our weapon. It's what we fight with. Think about it. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, how did he fight the enemy? With the word of God. How did Satan tempt Jesus? With the twisted word of God. Satan tempted Jesus by twisting the word of God. The reason why so many of us fall into temptation is when the enemy comes to us with twisted word, we say, oh, okay. Because we don't have the word in us. It sounds right. It, it sounds good. It sounds close enough. It, it, the facts can sound like the truth. Do you hear me? Listen, this is, this is really good application for us here. The way that we battle temptation in our lives is with the word of God. But we have to have the word of God in order to fight with the word of God. All right? So if you got your phone on you and you get tempted, tempted to look at something on your phone, open your Bible app. Right? 
Come on, come on, somebody, do a different kind of Google search and say, and say, how do you overcome this in the Bible? But if the Bible ain't in you, you got to find it somehow. But what a tool we have in our phones to have the Word of God with us at all times. So if you don't have it in your heart, you got it in your pocket. But guess what? We got to use it. We got to use it. We got to have the Word in us. So if it ain't in us, we got at least got to look it up and find it and use it because it's how we fight the enemy. But I'm telling you, many of us have been deceived because we're hearing the enemy, which sounds right. It's close. It's good. But the word of God's not in us. So, 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 so we got to memorize. We got to get the word of God in us so we can fight. It's how we do this. But, but let me ask you this. Do you know how, li- how much likely, more likely people are to memorize the Bible if they're in the Bible four days a week versus less? How much more likely they are. This study showed this. 407% more likely to memorize scripture if you're in it four days a week. I mean, it makes sense. You got to be in it to know it. Here's another one. What about your faith? Are you active in sharing your faith? Do you share your faith? Do you tell other people about Jesus? Do you know people that are in the word four days a week or more are 228% more likely to share their faith? Do you find it hard to share your faith? Are you in the word? It's almost like when when this gets in you, you have to share it. I mean, it's almost like it's so good that you can't keep it to yourself. It's almost like if you get it in you, it just has to come out of you. But the question is, is the word of God in you? Are you sharing your faith? 228% more likely. But you know, it doesn't just impact your spiritual life, but it impacts your emotional well-being as well. Your physical life is affected by the word of God. How so? Let me tell you. Listen to this. If you're in the word of God four days a week or more, they found that you're 59% less likely to be involved in pornography. 59% less likely to be addicted to pornography if you're in the word of God four days a week or more. Now, does this mean that if you're in pornography and you're battling addiction in your life, well, just read more of the word and and, and you're going to break through? Well, no. It doesn't work that way. You have an addiction in your life for a reason. But do you know what? Yeah, I guarantee you this. If you're in the word of God, it is going to fight that temptation for you. Listen, there's still other things you have to do, but getting in the word is going to give you a stepping stone to overcome this. Do you hear me? Listen, if you're battling addiction in your life, can I tell you something? Get in the word of God. It's going to help you overcome. The most amazing statistic to me before this, they found out is that If you are in the word four days a week or more, listen to this, you are 30% less likely to be lonely. Like you're telling me that that if you're lonely, you can find comfort in the word of God. Wait, how is that? Wait a minute. Yeah. That the word of God is with us because it's alive in a person named Jesus. So when you read the word of God, you're building this relationship with a real person named Jesus. You're, you're getting to know the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So all of a sudden, you know what? You're less lonely. Do you need a way to get through these, these difficult times, these only times? Can I tell you something? Get in the word. Okay, I'm not being ignorant and saying get in the word and do nothing else. No, but I'm saying this. You got to get in the word. It impacts every single area of our lives, church. It is with us. So, so the question is, what is your plan? No, really, like I'm asking you, what's your plan? Like, what's your plan to get in the Word? Like, yeah, but how? How are you going to get in the Word? What is it you're going to do? 
Well, you know, this makes, this makes sense right here. Here we are coming up onto our, our times of refreshing, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Guess what we're going to do during t- prayer and fasting? We're going to get in the Word. Yeah. We're going to get in the Word. So make a plan for 21 days. Yeah. I walked in this morning, and I, and, I, and I told Alec. I said, Alec, listen, I'm going to read through the Bible in 90 days, and I want you to do it with me. And he, he gave me the most spiritual answer he could. He said, I'm going to pray about it. I mean, listen, you know, he, he's, he's a full-time college student. He works like 20, 30 hours a week. He's got, you know, a blossoming relationship, you know. I mean, he's got all of these wonderful things that are happening in his life. He's very, very busy, you know. Does, does he have 45 minutes a day to, to get in the Word for the next 90 days, you know? But you know what? If, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to get in the Word and make a plan, do you know that it actually helps me if Alec does this with me? If there's some accountability, so y'all pray the Lord speaks to him, okay? Just encourage <laughs> him. No, it, it helps. Accountability helps. So I'm asking you, like, what's your plan? What's your plan to get in the Bible? You got to get a plan and then tell somebody about your plan. Get some accountability. One of the things that we're going to do is on, is on January the 19th, say the 19th. It's a Wednesday night. At 9 p.m., we're going to start to read the word up here in the sanctuary from the, from the platform. Yeah. We're going to read the word. Yeah. And we're going to read the Bible through in 75 hours. Wow. Like 24-7. Wow. All right? I mean, Kenny's excited about it, y'all. Why ain't anybody else excited about it? Come on, do I see any hands, any emojis on, on social media? Anybody making some, some, some noise out there on, on live stream? We're, we're going to read the Bible. Okay, so if, if you need more of the word of God in your life, sign up for a half-hour time slot to read the Bible. Amen. So if we have about 175 times 250 people uh-huh. that sign up to read a half-an-hour time slot, then, then we can read through the Bible simultaneously. Start on Wednesday night at 9 o'clock and in, in Saturday at midnight and read the Bible through all in this room as we read the Bible 24-7. How about the good? If you don't, Alec will just sign up and then he'll read the Bible in 75 hours and then he'll beat me to the punch with his nine, 90 days. No, I'm just kidding. But, but what an incredible opportunity. If you need more of the Bible in your life, why don't you come? Is this a gimmick? Is this a joke? No. This, this is like real life. This is what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're going to get the Bible in us. Oasis City Church is going to be a house of his presence. It's going to be a house of his word. It's going to be a house of prayer. Why? Because we're saying the word of God is truth. So we're going to declare the word of God over this sanctuary, over this city, over this region, that the word of God is truth. It's what we're going to do. So join us. It's a way that you can participate. Do you, do you, yes. So say yes. So the Bible is truth eternal and we need to get this word in you. Do it. Join us with this. Okay. We'll have, we'll put a, we'll put a Google doc out this week that will give you all the information for signups, uh, all that time. Maybe instead of. Instead of scrolling on Facebook at 1 o'clock in the morning, sitting in your bed, what if you came to church and read for half an hour? I mean, something tells me you'd be more effective, that it would transform your life and transform your mind a little bit drastically. Sometimes you got to do things a little drastic to shake yourself out. Do you want your life in 22 to be different than it was in 21? Do you want to know Jesus in a greater way than you did in 21? Do you want to experience his power? Do you want to walk in his authority? Do you want to know his presence more? You got to do something different. 
than he did in 21. So sometimes we need just a little radical shake and a little shift to say, hey, let's, let's do something to shake myself out of this mess. Can I tell you something? There's going to be teenagers here who are going to camp out all night reading the word of God. And that's why you need to be here because you're going to say, man, i got to get it together. These young people are hungry for the word of God. So we need one another. This is what we're going to do. So, so it's how we, how we go on this journey of discovering that the truth and the word of God is eternal is we get in it. We make a plan. We get in the word of God. All right, so number three. Say number three. Number three, Holy Spirit is truth within. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I, I didn't have this on the screen first service. I don't know if they got it up or not. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I love this. It says, Apostle Paul says this, In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth. Say message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Having also believed. So that's us. We've listened to the message of truth. The gospel of salvation. Having believed. That's all of us right here. You were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So how do we keep this truth that is found in a man named Jesus, that is, that is eternal in the word of God, that never passes away, that never fades, this truth in the word of God? How do we keep and hold on to this truth? It's the Holy Spirit of promise. John chapter 14, Jesus said this. He said, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. Say forever. forever. How long is he going to be with you? Forever. forever. That is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. The spirit of the truth the world cannot receive. But what? He abides with you and will be in you. So if you follow Jesus, you've committed your life to him. You believe that he's the son of God. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Listen, whether or not you speak in tongues. Holy Spirit lives in you. He's in you. Like, you have him. It's not a question of whether you got Holy Spirit or not. Nope. You got him. He's in you. He's in all of us who believe. It's what the scripture says. Like, it's, it's non-debatable. We all have Holy Spirit. Now, there's a filling of Holy Spirit that comes, and, and one of the evidences of that is speaking in tongues. Okay? So we can be continually filled with Holy Spirit. We believe that, okay? We believe you can speak in tongues, and that Paul, Apostle Paul said you should all speak in tongues, so do with that what you want, but... You should all speak in tongues, okay? So, but we all have Holy Spirit in us. And what does he do? He's a seal of the promise. So, so we have the truth who's Jesus. We have a relationship with him. We know we came because we believe in him. We believe in the truth. We have the word of God that is eternal truth. It's with us all the time. It never passes away. So, we have the, so how do we hang on to the truth? It's sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's sealed. Like it can't be taken away. So if we're missing truth, the only way that we're missing truth in our lives is if we've, we've given it away. We've allowed it to be taken away. Because the Holy Spirit comes and he seals us. So do you hear me? The Holy Spirit is truth. John chapter 16 says this, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He leads us and guides us into all truth. It's what Holy Spirit does. So how do we encounter truth in a greater way? We've got to encounter Holy Spirit who's within us. The Holy Spirit 
resides inside of each one of us. But we need to get to know him. How would your life transform if before you made a decision, you said, Holy Spirit, show me truth. Because he is truth. So he shows you. But we have to stop and listen. So are we listening to Holy Spirit? What if before we made a decision, we opened up the scripture and we said, God, let your word be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. So God, speak to me through your word. Holy Spirit, show me something. What if we went to, 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 to Jesus in prayer and we said, Jesus, listen, you were truth. When I look at your life in the scriptures, I can see truth. So show me truth in my present situation, in this present decision. Let me see what you did in your life. We would be transformed if we were people who pursued truth. So here's my encouragement to all of us. Will you go on a journey with me of discovering truth? Can we pursue truth together? I'm telling you, the world needs truth now more than ever. The world is deceived now more than ever. Many in the church are deceived now more than ever because we're lacking the truth. And the truth is in Jesus incarnate. It's in the eternal scripture, the eternal Bible. And it's found in Holy Spirit who lives within. That's where it's found. I want you to go on a journey with me over these next 21 days of discovering truth. So here's how we're going to do it. Looking back at John chapter 8, verse 31. I'm closing here. I'm going back to the, to the first scripture that we read. Jesus was saying to the Jews who believed in him. Again, he's talking to people who are believers. Jesus is talking to us today who are already believers. If you continue in my word. When I was a sophomore in high school, I went through these things in geometry class called proofs. And I'll be honest with you, I never quite understood them. (laughs) But there were these things called if-then statements. If this is true, then this must be true. And the scripture tells us this. Put us back out there again. John chapter 8, verse 31. If, what does it say? If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. So if you continue in my word. And then what does Jesus say in verse 32? You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. What's he talking about freedom from? Freedom from sin. He's saying, listen, no, I know you're not a slave in Egypt. I know you're not slaves like you feel like you are to the Romans right now. But no, you're actually slaves to sin. Here's the truth. Jesus came and he set us free from, the, from, from death, from sin. We are free from sin. But some of us are acting like we're not. We're acting like we're not. It's, it's in our mind. Our minds have not been renewed. And we're still being bound to certain things because we've not allowed the truth of the word of God to set us free. I'm not minimizing any struggle that you're going through. I'm not minimizing any addiction or any, any, any trial or season of your life that you're going through. But here's what I'm, I'm, I'm challenging with. There is no sin that is greater than God. Every sin must bow its knee to Jesus. Every sin must bow its knee to the truth of the word of God. So if you are battling sin today, here's what I'm telling you. It must bow its knee to the truth of the word of God. And so if you are battling sin, there is an area of your life where you're lacking truth. And so I want to encourage you. You've got to go on this truth journey together. 
Earlier today, we prayed. We prayed over that, that God would break bondages, that he would break addictions, that he would break. And you know what? He does that thing. But you know what else he does? He says, if you'll continue in my word, then you will be. You can be set free today, but how are you going to keep your freedom? No, really, how are we going to keep our freedom? We all know people. We've probably experienced it in seasons of our life where we were free, but then we, we struggle. We're free. Listen, I'm talking real talk here, okay? We've all gone through those moments where we were free, but then we weren't free, that we struggled again. And here's what I'm telling you. If, if you'll continue in my word. We have to continue. Do you know what this, this, this faith journey is? Do you know what this being a Christian means? If you'll continue in my word. It's a daily choice. So some of us today, we're set free from a power of addiction. You can be set free from pornography in a moment. You can be set free from, from an eating disorder in a moment. You can be set free from any addiction, any disease, any infirmity, anything in a moment. How do you keep it? If you continue in the word. It's truth. It's how we keep it. We've been set free. The blood of Jesus set, it, set us all free. You realize that. Before you accepted it. Listen, before you accepted it, you had freedom. You just didn't accept it yet. You realize that. Jesus died on the cross for you, and he paid for all your sin. Past, present, and future sin. It was all paid for, but you just came to a place of accepting it. But guess what? How do we keep it? Continue in the word, which is truth. So how are you going to continue? How are we going to continue? Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get around some people that love Jesus more than us. It's why we need the body. It's why we're going to be here for these special services. How are we going to keep it? We're going to get in the word. We're going to make a plan. Alex is going to join me on a 90-day Bible reading plan, and we're going, to, we're going to read through it together. You're going to make your own plan, and you're going to tell somebody about it, all right? All right? You're with me? All right, I got to take her right here. And careful, I'll start auctioning this, this thing off, and then we'll get, we'll get a, whole, a whole group of us, all right? They're, they're, my favorite Bible app, Bible software is called Logos, and, and it has a, it's a free software. You can spend a lot of money, too, like I have in it, but it's free software, and they have all kinds of Bible reading plans. This is one of them, 90-day Bible reading. I can do it all from my phone, check it off. It shows me how much to read, all that stuff. You can do this, but find a Bible app. Find a Bible. You got to get in the Word. You got to make a plan, and you got to tell somebody about it. Tell somebody what you're going to do. Keep you accountable. At least do something for 21 days. Get in the Word for 21 days. That's how we're going to do. Finally, how, and then how are we going to get a relationship with the Holy Spirit? He's already in you. How are we going to get to know him? We got to listen. We got to listen. So here's one of the ways we're going to do that. January 9th through 29th, 21 days. Here's what we're going to do. The church is going to be open every day. Say every day. Every day. 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Two hours of prayer at the church for 21 days. Two hours of prayer. Here's your invitation. Join us. Join us. Listen, it's not going to be a two-hour tarrying prayer meeting, okay? Any of the, you that have ever been, you know what I mean? Like, there's a place for that that's wonderful, all right? This is not a shout them out and, like, tarry and all that stuff. I'm sure we'll have moments of that. But, but it's not a two-hour prayer meeting. It's come for as long as you can and join us as we pray. We, we are going to have a prayer agenda that we're going to be praying through. You can do it at home, but get, get to the building if you can. Get, get in the house. We can spread out. Bring your Bible. Read your Bible plan for part of that. And then pray with us as we do that. 7 to 9 a.m. So make a plan. Maybe you can only come one day a week. But join us. 
Do that consistently for three weeks. Maybe you can be here every day. That's wonderful. Maybe you can only come for 15 minutes one day, whatever it is. But make a plan and get here. Why? Because it's not just you praying. You can do that on your own. But when other people see you praying, it encourages us. We see us doing. But guess what we can do when we do that? It's two hours of prayer. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to sit in here and we're going to say, okay. God, I'm not coming to you with a list right now. I'm not coming to you with a petition asking you for anything else. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Just speak to me. An opportunity for us to be quiet and to listen, to meditate, and to have Holy Spirit speak to us. Can I tell you how much your life will transform if you apply these principles to your life? If we start our year off right by doing this, by getting in the word, by praying, by by gathering with one another, how much our lives will truly transform? We won't recognize it. We'll be a transformational church. Amen. Amen.